0: All right, I think that's working now. Uh, welcome, everybody. This is uh, episode 17, I believe, at this point uh, of the Poddam Wednesday podcast with me, your host. Uh, first time doing a video, so that's pretty cool. Um, I'm joined today by phenomenal guest, known him for a couple of years now, um, talented actor, writer, director, you fucking name it. he's got. He's doing it um, and doing it fucking well. So uh, this is Leroy McRae. Hey everybody, thank you, Carlos. But um, first off, I mean, I just kind of want to ask, did um, you and I have known each other like how long? About two, three years now? About almost three years, I think. It's, or maybe it's kind of weird like, Yeah, it's kind of weird to think how fast the time has flown by. Cause I think you followed me on Instagram, and then at one point, I just got curious about the acting, cause small town kid you know never would have even occurred to me that this was a thing but um Mm -hmm. you know I just kind of messaged you about it and we just kind of built a friendship built a relationship and finally after you you kind of pushing me enough to do it I just kind of said screw it and did some acting classes and all of that um but what got you into it or how did that kind of come from yeah (laughs) TV
1: I was the type of child that did not like going outside. So me, I was a uh, uh, I like staying by myself. I keep to myself. It keeps me out of trouble. And all uh, my siblings, they love going outside. They love hanging out with their friends. But me, I was always the one that was in the house after I finished my homework and I'd be watching TV. And I remember watching the 1966 version of Batman with Adam West. And I was like, ooh, that looks cool. So that's what made me want to become a cop. So I became that child and started watching cops. <laughs> and I was like, ooh, that looks fun. So that made me want to be on TV. So I'm like, wow, maybe I should just act. Like seven, six-year-old me is like, I wanna do that. So I started getting like school plays and it's then up and down since i i did some acting then i stopped and i started playing instrument and i didn't really pick the acting back up until like 2010 Then i stopped a little bit but going from my senior year of high school to now i've been like immersed into
0: it and trying to get it all out there showing everyone what i can do wait what interns do you play can you still play them what? Like, what instruments can you play?
1: Ah, uh, yeah, I can still play them. I play also saxophone.
0: No shit. I played that mm-hmm. for like this little bit during the during middle school. My um, like school was <laughs> small. We had a band director like we basically had a new band director every year, but the one that stuck around for like two or three years, um, piece of shit guy, honestly, mm-hmm. he would always throw throw chairs at us and um, if we fucked up. Yeah, yeah, he was, he was one of those. But um, it's all right. Kind of got us to learn. And uh, I did saxophone. I did drums. Played the trumpet for a little bit, and I was just too broke to ever afford one, so kind of dropped off. I have a ukulele now, yeah. but my my fingers are all fucked up.
1: <laughs> yeah, I've been playing saxophone now for 14 years. I love this I still have one, and it's just a really smooth sound. The thing is, I don't have it with me currently; it's back home. But yeah, Damn. I still have my saxophone. I'm gonna take it back to a I want to. I've been honestly thinking about going to buy one out here because mine is like fourteen plus hundred miles away. Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, yeah. I, I miss uh, making music with that. I. I loved it, and then um, I got into that like in 2007. Then did band like marching band, concert, jazz, all that styles of bands, and I was leading the entire band as like I was behind the drum major basically in high school. I was the second in command in my band, and my junior year, senior year of high school. So it was like, I'm running this shit, bitch. And I'm a saxophone player. Like, fuck y'all for talking shit about us. Like, we help y'all with the sound. Y'all just play drums and beats. We, we're creating the whole song for you to give a beat
0: to. Like, give us our respect.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. See the, the, I think the awkwardest part um, of learning, like, any kind of, like, wood reed kind of instrument, um, like your clarinet, your back, all of that stuff, is just the fucking like starting it out with like the fucking wetting it on your tongue and shit. Like that thing to me was like super gross. It was always like it was it was gross to see. And then, I mean, it like emptying out the spit valve on that one. It wasn't as bad as the trumpet players. And the worst, the worst, are the flutes. The fucking flutes where they're just playing. That. They're just playing. They're going for it and then. I know, because yeah. literally
1: in band, in band practice, you'll just see puddles on the ground, and I'm like, ugh, and I'm, like, talking to my band director, like, because I don't want to put a puddle of my spit on the ground, and I step in, it's going to piss me off. And he goes, well, if you don't want to do that, you can always suck the spit back into your mouth, and I'm like, so I end up sucking the spit back into my mouth. Oh,
0: uh, you're not a quitter. Cool. Uh, Good to know. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, good, man. Um. So, like, what what got you? You said that you picked it back up in to- thousand ten. Why did you do that? Like, did you just well, another I, show or movie? I started.
1: Um. There's a teacher I remember. His name is Logan Sledge. Uh, this is like my eighth grade year too. Uh, I just thought he was really cool and my uh, middle school, so I started to uh, get back in it because, hey, this is a cool teacher. He knows what he's doing, so I want to learn from him, and then I just started getting back into it, And uh, but after that, I just went back into my instrument and didn't really pick it back up until my senior year of high school, which was like 2013 when I found another teacher who's like, oh, he knows his shit. And then you know what's so funny about these two teachers, Logan and um, my high school teacher, Miss Carlano, both went to the same college, had the same teachers. Yeah, it was funny. I there went to the about college to sister. This is what I'm gonna say. Like it became a full circle moment for me because uh, there's Logan, who I knew in middle school, eighth grade, then there's Mrs. Scarlato from like my senior year of high school. Both went to the same college, had the same teacher, Don Hooper, and, and everything at Cincinnati College of Louisiana. Then I graduated high school. I ended up going to Cincinnati College of Louisiana. I got a theater scholarship there. And I had their teacher as like my teacher. He's my advisor. And that was so cool. I was in class one day with this dude. I'm like, this teacher looks really familiar and he was like oh yeah i told him i'm like are you logan sledge hey it's me Like, logan became my high, my college teacher as well and he was my college teacher all four years so i was introduced to him like i just met him in 2010 then in 2014 he actually became my teacher for all those four years of college and i learned a lot from him
0: dang
1: that's Luther. pretty awesome
0: Yeah, you still talk to him or
1: I? From time to time, I still talk to him. Yeah, and it's just so crazy because they are both know each other and they both went to the same school, same teacher, and then I meet both of them, and now it's like, hey, it's like a little triangle.
0: Man, this is great. (laughs) That's cool. Um, talk to me like after college because you, you went you got your bachelor's in, in theater right what mm-hmm. why the move to LA is so that's where you're at right I, now for people that don't know yeah.
1: LA has always been the vision for me because I grew I, I love theater I one day I hope to go back and do a live theater show fingers crossed uh, but my big Hoping my big dream, my want has always been film. So, although I'm learning theater back at Cincinnati College of Louisiana, I've always been told, like, what I'm learning here, I'm going to keep with me for all the years to come. So, honestly, me doing theater in college actually helped me a lot out here, but I really wanted to do film. So, LA was always a plan. I remember back in 2016, I was just telling someone this story. How I posted on Facebook saying, after I graduate from Centenary, um, I was going to move to Los Angeles, but I would be in a school, like a film school then. I will go get accepted to film school, move to LA, finish that, start my career. I said that in 2016, January 28th, 2019 at 6.30 p.m. I was starting class in LA at a film school. At the time, it was called Studio School, Los Angeles College, Gen College. I was literally following the path of what I wanted to do. Like, if I'm going to get to film, I got to do everything I can to get there. And I did several meetings with the school and I was like, this is the perfect fit for me. Either I can go somewhere for two years and basically learn it all in two years. I just did four years of college. <laughs> you want me to do two more years? Oh, no. no. Or they could teach me the same thing and I can get it for eight months. I'm like, hey, I want, I want y'all, you know? So I end up going, there. I got accepted. I submitted a short film ID in college as my senior project. I also did an audition for them and they selected me to like, I stepped into the school and from that moment on I met some really cool industry people because it's taught by industry professionals but I learned a lot from them and it was just great and they set me on the path of getting it out here and since I've been finished um, the school I've been nonstop, like working either it's on someone else's project
0: or it's on mine I'm still doing I'm still doing it. So how did how has uh, the pandemic kind of, you know, changed things around?
1: Oof. So yeah, <laughs> I love it, but remember. I know. Oh, oh, oh oh So I am the type of actor that's like, I don't want to be in one lane. I don't want to be in one lane. I want a lane of my own, and my lane is like, I can do everything. So I don't want to just be comedy. I want to do suspense, thrill a little horror shit. I want to be dramatic too, you know? And I know... I'm hilarious. I know that shit already. Duh, you know that. Yeah, but you are pretty
0: funny.
1: This, uh, <laughs> and It's like a, a suspense web series I was going to do. And it was going to be like, oh shit, they're opening up portals and shit like that. I actually got cast as one of the villains. And the season finale of season one, and the role was going to be much bigger. And two, the it's a setup of season one, and then it's going to be bigger on season two. So my season one finale role was going to be like a guest role, and in season two, like oh, you got to see me. I'm reaping. I'm reaping it. You know, those could be a chance for me as an actor to how successful. Well, how villainous can I be? Like, where can I take this character? I was excited to play that role. The pandemic stopped it. And I was like, ah! Because I was, I've always said I wanted to be a villain. I really, I was excited to play that role because, like, I'm used to doing, ah, oh, let's be a comedic and, like, some dramatic roles. But at this point, I'm like, I would love to do a villain role. So the opportunity came for me to be a villain. I'm like, I auditioned for it and everything. I got the part. Surprised the hell out of me. I got the part. And my hair wasn't right when I did the audition, but I tried. (laughs) But it was so dope. I was, oh, I was so excited for that series. But it's just the pandemic, it shut it all down. And then it became. Like we were supposed to actually film it in February of this year, uh, but it just became like one of those communication things, um, and so I just dropped out the series as a whole and decided to explore more ventures. Preferably more ventures that actually communicate.
0: Yeah, no, I mean that, that does seem kind of like a big thing, um, but like I totally get yeah. you from where you come from, like, I mean you're funny. You're hilarious. Like we, we've had our conversations before, <laughs> and geez, I can't. I like, got cried. Um, but for the most part, like I can, I can see like where that comes from. Where like, you kind of have your niche. You kind of have like what you know, what you like, and you know the mm-hmm. things you know you can do and are good at. But like playing a villain just seems like so much fun. Like just the complete 180. Fuck it, send it, and just, just change it. Um, Dude. that that to me was like a piece. Sorry, go ahead. No,
1: let me tell you. Like when I watch superhero movies, for example, Avengers: Infinity War. You've seen that, I hope.
0: Yeah, oh, yeah. Who Good. hasn't? <laughs> I was gonna say uh,
1: this happened in years, not live. But everyone was like Team Avengers, Team Divisions, Like Robert Downey Jr. is my favorite actor. I love Tony Stark because of him. But I was rooting for Thanos in that whole movie. I it's because he made so much sense. Right. He had a clear purpose. Like, this is what I want to do. Like, his motivation, everything was there. And the one thing that made me hate him was when he stabbed him. I'm like, okay, now you're fucked up. You're fucked up. I was on your side, but now I... No, I feel betrayed, I gotta <laughs> go back to Tony. You
0: know, that was me. So I looked The like bad the guy, guy Rose got what like he was... wanted and it was like, wait, hold up, hold up. Yeah.
1: Billy Rose are so much fun. I know there are stories from actors that say like, uh, you know, this person, he's so bad on screen where like actors getting together, but between places, this person's like the sweetest in the world. I'm like, I want to get there, I want to uh, just be demonizing and oh, uh, dark. That's
0: what I want. See, I take, I take relish in like the roles of like the Joker for for Joaquin Phoenix. Which granted, I know like it's not part of any canon. Batman wasn't in it. Who gives a shit? I uh-huh. hope like they honestly don't bring him in here into anything else. Like, uh-huh. I hope that movie just stays as a standalone. Cause that one uh-huh. to, to me is just like that was just beauty. That was like a character going from the fucking dark. Where we kind of had like hope for him because they made him a human into this right. fucking thing, but they didn't turn him into that like until the very end. If you haven't seen it by this by this point, like fuck you, go watch the movie. Spoiler alert: like when he kills the fucking <laughs> what is it, Mel I think, whatever it is, uh, Robert New York's character. Um, that oh, thing was, that was so cool. beautiful. It was just writing, fucking, be- just everything just came together. And he was just like, dude, this down, sweet-hearted guy who at the Oscars for, like, his nomination or his upset, acceptance or whatever, basically, like, remembered his dead brother and was, like, right there when it all happened. Like, all of this shit in his kind of sweet, caring, loving... Dude did her, which is a huge sentimentality movie. Like, I don't know if you've seen it or not. But in that movie, to go into Joker, is just, like, a fucking... Just, 180 completely and i love that
1: i enjoyed that movie and it's actually a movie that you don't get very often especially like a dark villain story how often do we get movies like that especially from a major studio like warner brother from a major brand like DC? exactly and,
0: and- I think the last one that I can kind of piece together with it is—I um, don't know if you've seen *Beef for Vendetta*, but that movie was just mm-hmm. phenomenal because it was kind of the same thing. Not as big as its name as you know, Joker or whatever, but the sto- i mean, he's an antihero. Like you don't want to be cheering for him because the shit that he's doing is bad. But it's also like it's great because this is actually what people are feeling. It's like the, the dark shit that no one wants to talk about.
1: Mm-hmm. Exactly. And you know, like normally in a superhero film, there's something like that turns the person bad, like from a hero, the hero, oh, they're wrong in a certain way by maybe a, like the hero of the story, the protagonist, but in this one, no, the world did him wrong. This is society. Society made him a madman. Not no uh, toxins. He didn't fall in anything. No, this is the world. The, it, it was a great representation. This, this, honestly, my perspective, this is a shitty world. It needs to be better. And the Joker movie showed just how shitty this world is. And it was just like this man has been wrong. Hell, if I was him, I wouldn't do the same damn thing. See, and, I love
0: the, and I love the fact that people were trying to be like, oh, dude, we can't show this to the public because if we show it to them, they're going to relate to it too much and they're going to fucking want to do the same thing. And it's like, why the fuck shouldn't we? I'm not, I'm not advocating for violence. I'm not saying that we should. But it's like, why mm-hmm. the fuck shouldn't we have this anger when we've been screwed out of so many things? And I'm not like one of those, you know, hardcore, like, I, I couldn't give a fuck. As long as you don't leave me alone, I'll be fine. Like, I don't give a shit. I'm not going to kill anyone. I'm not going to hurt anyone. I'll try my All best to right. do nothing wrong. But why are you trying to actively fuck people over? Whether yeah. you're left, left right, whatever the fuck, Just stop. Let, let people be. Look, I've, I've seen, seen and heard
1: stories about how people blame film for them going off the rails. Like, it happened to one of the screen films. Like, that was something that happened at school, and it's because this person watched a screen movie that they went in there and decided to like hurt people in the school I'm like this is years and years and years ago and I'm like first off no one on the cast crew in the studio no one reached out to you and said hey you saw my film great go do this that's that's you you can't blame anybody else but yourself like you're the psycho that decides oh damn this looks right so you know what I'm not gonna
0: go do it, but you know when I finish, I'm gonna blame the movie. What world, bro? Like, are you for real? It's like the the guy who shot up the movie theater in Colorado, um, the Aurora shooter. He was he was yeah. basing it off of like kind of a Joker sort of thing, but from what I remember hearing, he watched The Dark Knight Rises, and he believed in the words of Bane, and it was like I I, I get where you believe it, and, like you can kind of see the correlations, but. The fucked up piece of like taking it from just a movie to I'm actually gonna fucking buy a gun, do all of this shit, and kill multiple people wearing mm-hmm. body armor, fully expecting it, and then plead insanity because I'm I'm a baby and I should be protected. Like that shit should not. That that's not. No, like media hmm. does twist people's minds. It can change people's mo- motives. Like news is fucking shitty. Like. Why I don't watch it. Why I fight with my dad all the time about Mm -hmm. it. I don't watch TV. I don't watch the news. I barely watch the weather because everyone's fucking lying to you. And then all you just left is like standing outside in your rain boots and rain jacket with an umbrella, but it's perfectly like eighty degrees and sunny outside. So like, right. (laughs) So it's like one of those things that I've never understood. Never would. But, mm-hmm. as far as like, as far as you um personally, like how did you get into writing? because I know like you just had your your release last month, I believe like what full-on month right now um, mm-hmm. of oh, one wild night part one, which I fucking thought I loved it I've been like I've been watching you from like behind like for a year for uh, I think about a year you, know, the now, night, part first. One. you what brother, brother the part first. One. yeah, yeah part brother. Year sorry Yeah. Um, yeah no, so it's just fucking amazing to like see your work from back whenever it was just kind of a, a slight idea that you were kind of talking about to this mm-hmm. and then now you're just going off on it like it's just badass to see um kind of like talk talk me through like your your idea your process about it
1: so one thing i've learned in my life is if you want something done do it yourself And I grew up watching people like Tyler Perry, who, hell, if no one gave him a role, he wrote his role, and now look at him. He's owning studios, everything. Like, you know Tyler Perry. He's owning half of Hollywood through his stuff, and he's giving away so many jobs to people. And I remember I started writing back in 2013, and I was still in high school. I was just like, I love this. I'm just going to attempt to see what I can do. And I really didn't get hardcore into it, like training-wise, until like 2016. That's when I had my very first script writing class back in Century College of Louisiana. And I was learning how to write a script and how to bring a story to life. And, you know, we had the class to read it. Uh, and give feedback on it, and every time I wrote something, it was pretty cool with just like a few minor notes. And I'm like, hey, maybe this actually works out for me. But I stuck with it all these years later, and then I decided... So in film school out here, they tell us to come in with an idea for something we want to bring to life. So I had an idea for a rated R film called One Wild Night. And um, so I started writing One Wild Night, too. We filmed some of it. And then I'm, like, learning, still learning how to properly format, not properly format a script, but I guess you say properly format a script because the way I learned it in college versus the way I learned out here in film school, there are different, different ways, but they showed me the real proper way of doing it. And I'm like, wow, this is actually a lot cleaner than how I used to do it. And I... I was just, the people that teach me make me literally fall in love with it even more because they're like telling me like, oh, this is good. I know one of my teachers, Aviv Rubenstein, he pulled me to the side because we all had to write something and bring it to class and then the class is going to read your story. I wrote something and he came to me and was like, this happened in 2019. He was saying, yours is actually the best one I got the highest in the class at Like, my story got the highest in the class it was properly formatted. Like, everything was there, and I'm like, I can actually do this. And so that's what led to me writing my own, that's what led to me, like, writing my own projects. And then, uh, One Wild Night came about, then Brother Since Part One came about. And I started writing Brother Since Part One actually in film school. And, um, yeah, I started writing that in June 2019. But there, for me, so look, I write a lot of stories. I have a Google Drive of just stories, genres, folders, Google Drive and work for shit. But there has to be something in me that's like, Leroy, this is the next story that you need to bring to life. So for me, Relicant was that story. So that's why I kept writing. I kept at it. And I worked on it for almost two years and we brought it to life and it's out there now. And I'm super grateful for just sticking with that story. I, And now what we're doing is bringing part two and three. I'm excited to uh, bring one full trilogy of Brother Sand.
0: Yeah, no, that's what excites me about it. Is that, I mean, I, I guess it's cause it, I caught you kind of in the earlier times of it. Um, the building Mm -hmm. up of of the brothers and the stories like it just seems like so much fun um but personally to me like I find writing difficult um I don't know if you got to at any point but for me it's I have stories I have ideas I write them down I make sure that I hold on to them just in case I ever like want to do it or get the urge to keep going on it but for the most part it's like is even last night, like I got the random urge to just write a story at 1230 at night. I couldn't sleep for no reason, but it just something clicked. And I thought I might, have, I should write this down, started typing it. I use, uh, I don't use Drive. I use um, Google Notes or Google Keep, I think, something like that. One of them. Um, basically, it's kind of a notepad. I just kind of like jot down my ideas, but this one was a full-on story for some reason. I mean, it wasn't super long, but I just I, I personally struggle with like ending things um, and sometimes mm. I don't want to I don't know if you have the same thing where like I don't want something to end because I don't want it to have an end or maybe right. in the back of my head like maybe it might end later on in life so I don't know I mean how often do you kind of like have something that you write down and that you kind of like can't finish? But you know maybe someday or kind of what's that return rate, sort of?
1: Brother of Sins part one. They happen to be on that. Literally, because I like I say, I write a lot of stuff. So there'll be moments where okay, I'm writing Brother of Sins, and then, oh damn, there's a new story that just came to my head. So I go start writing that. I'm writing that. I literally, I was writing Broly Sins. I didn't really pick it back up after 2019. I wrote until November of 2019, the Bradley Sins story. I didn't pick it back up and do a rewrite of it until April or May of 2020. That's when I decided this is the story I got to bring to life. And I went through 10 drafts of that story. Literally, I did casting, crewing, literally, because I wanted to bring the story to life. I'm like, y'all, this is the story that I have to put out there. And I ended up doing that. But also, like, it's not easy when you're doing That's writing, true. because, like, this, i the the way I write, I see it as, al- as a movie that's already happened. That's how I write. That's how I create my world. So when I open up the writing, when I start, like, I have Final Draft, by the way. That's the writing tech software that people in Hollywood use. So it's, I recommend it. Um, so when I start with Fade In, I immediately go to the next line, which is like an action line. I create my world. Basically, I'm watching this movie now. What do I see in this movie? Okay, so the, um, the night is something. You know, the night is somber, you know. Um, wind is uh, whispering through the air, whistling. The wind is whistling through the air. You can hear it whoosh, whoosh, leaves wrangling against the trees. You know, basically, what is the camera showing? like the wind chimes dancing together as the wind continues to blow away. You know, shit like that. You're basically creating the world, but you're also giving these objects like human characteristics. And that's what's so cool about it, dude. After that, what are your characters saying? Like, what happens, well, what happens first? Like this character might walk up to that character and put that character's line. Hey, what's up? Next character, ah, just this. Okay, next part. All right, cool. Like, I would say like, just watch it as if it's a movie. And that's how it helped me a little bit.
0: And so for something like this, um, which I mean, you're writing as a screenplay, like you're describing this, like you're writing it as a movie. How does one different differentiate? Cause I mean, some people don't want to write like screenplays. You know, some people don't want to do that kind of thing but they still have the ideas in the back of their mind. Like, have you ever written something? Maybe this isn't just a good movie, but it could be a good short story or a good book. Um, Have you like ever gotten kind of, how do you kind Mm -hmm. of distinguish that? Because for myself, I have some things that, they're they're good short stories. Um, I have some things that Mm -hmm. I want to see someone make as a movie or make it myself, because that'd be pretty cool um or you know this could be like a chapter in a book like because I've gotten to the point where at this point I kind of in the development of it but I have this character where like every so often I'll get like an idea in my head of this guy experienced this and he's kind of retelling in his in like as a past tense sort of thing but it's just several different little stories throughout the life throughout the day that I've just come, come up with that's like maybe he could say this here but for me because like I said I mean you're the one like got me into taking classes I mean you're you're the person that actually got me into wanting to do the whole acting thing which is cool um and I appreciate that you were actually my first coach so shouts to you but um so for that how do I go from how does one go from like this could be a screenplay or any aspiring writers who are just kind of thinking, how could I, could I develop this? Or should it be a story? Or should it be more of like, like a film kind of based thing? Because um, that to me has just always been something that's kind of, well, it's coming up right now. Yeah, I, I, think,
1: I think it's whatever you're feeling. Like if you think this works better as a short story than a movie, write a short story, but still have the same mindset. So I get what you're uh saying like there's literally a story that I have where I see it better as a book. And the one way I was writing it was, I still went into it as if it's a script, but this time I'm not like using it as a script breakdown. Right I'm literally just writing like, paragraph form, paragraph form, you know, and, but I'm still with the same mindset of this is a script because who knows, later down the road it might end up being a story that could generate into a nice film for people. So I still look at the same way. That's how I approach it. Okay, And it might be easier for certain people uh, to do it that way. I think it's easier for me to do it that
0: way. So now, talking through, I, I kind of want to know, but like, for reasons, how does that kind of push through? Um, would you ever consider doing like a spinoff onto that for separate TV? Or I know like this is kind of a smaller one, but I mean, I got to know. I'll be, I'll be poke your fun at something like Sisterly
1: Sins. <laughs> <laughs> I post fun at that, like, oh yeah, we're gonna do a spinoff called Sister Release really But I think we all know I am not doing a spinoff. I honestly, okay. So this is how Brother Sans is broken up. Part one, you're learning what happened. And part two is the effects of part one. This is like the confrontation. And with part three, Part three literally didn't come about until like a couple weeks ago. Because you know this already. I only say it was going to be a part one and part two. There was never going to be a part three. Like I say, in in order for there to be a part three, it has to be a damn good story. And it has to be a story willing enough to bring back these three brothers past what they are about to face in part two.
0: Like that has to be something really good. Which is why I was uh, super surprised whenever you announced that there was a three. Which is I don't know if you heard that, but um yeah,
1: a lot of my Oh uh, yeah, I can't hear me now. Yeah, so Did it's like uh, when I decided to do a part three. When I decided to do the third one, it was just like, wow, this is actually a good story. So part one is basically the setup to the confrontation. And the setup to the, the and the confrontation is actually the ending. Part two was always the ending story. And now there's a part three, and people are like, wait, Leroy. I thought part two is going to be an ending story. Like, a lot of people wanted a part three. So, I say part one and two is from me. Part three is from the same. So, I'm doing this for y'all. Doing the part three for y'all. And my cast is actually like, fuck y'all, let's do it. So, we are on board with y'all. Um, but, although part three is like a, is the trilogy ender, part two is still the big ending. Part two is still like the closure story. Part three is what I would call the epilogue to the closure story. This is the ending to the end. So in part one, we're unveiling the past. We're revealing the secrets of the past. In part two, we're now confronting the past. We're fighting it. And now in the third one, we have to let go of the past. So you can see where of. That's the only tease I'm going to give for part three. Mm -hmm. We're letting go of the past. So (laughs) it's going to be, it's honestly a really cool story. Like I wrote Brother Sands part three already. The script is complete. And um, I'm already just right now, just filling in part two. That's literally how I write a script. I write the script from, I write the beginning of a script first. Then I go ahead and write my ending. And then I fill in the gaps of the middle. So with Brothers one, two, and three, I see that as one big script. I, part one is done. I just rewrite really part three. Now I'm filling in the gaps, which is part two. Okay. And I'm blending it all together. Like there's a line. Okay. Yeah. There's like a line in part three that might reference what he said in part one. It's like meshing everything together. And it's gonna be dope. I'm excited for y'all to see
0: it. Sweet man, and do you have kind of an ETA on it? Cause I I'm super curious, dude. I gotta know. <laughs> oh yeah. <Yes.
1: clears
0: throat> if not. I mean, yeah. Uh, Brother's
1: Part Two worry, comes but... out next year, late. <clears throat> yeah. Brother's like, two. Part Two comes out in late 2022. Yeah. And Brother's yeah. Since Part Three comes out in late 2023. However. However, Brothers in Part 3 is the shortest of them all. So, it will be super easy to film that movie <clears throat> within one night. <clears throat> Excuse me. It will be super easy to film that in one night, get it, it get it edited up music wise, all that jazz. And honestly, Here's what I would say. I'll say it to you I would, before I say to anybody else. If I get Brothers Sins Part 2 released at its deadline of late 2022, October, preferably, and I get Brothers Sins Part 3 filmed, like, really quick, I hope to have that film, like, back-to-back Part 2. I will release it with Part 2. Or... Let's say a couple months after part two, instead of waiting a whole another year. How about that? Sounds beautiful. So you and everyone at home, first, if, if that happens, I will release it. I will release it after
0: or with part two. Ooh, You're getting good. Um, I do want to talk to you. Um, <laughs> how is how is directing been? I know you you've been directing. Writing and directing, the kids' show, right?
1: That is real cool. Uh, we did the new season. Uh, this past March, or March 6th, we've the new season. And <clears throat> it was really fun. I wrote an episode last, no, did not write an episode last year. I think I wrote an episode last year. Oh, my God. I, ooh, I started it. on to do... It's so weird. Did I write an episode last year? Gosh. But, uh, I actually got the job during the pandemic. With uh the children's show Kids Learn So Much. I got the job in Pandemic. We we're gonna film it in May of 2020. We're up to film it in June 2020. But, I, uh, I I rewrote an episode, and I also um, edited an episode. I changed the ending of an episode. What well, tweaked it, not changed it. I support all writers' work um, by just added a little bit of my feel to it. By and because she gave me creative control over my episodes, I did five of the seven episodes last season, and. This season, she had me and my classmate, Angel Ashley, who actually directed Brother Sanders part one. I brought him on to like, hey, be a part of this with me. So me and him, we got hired as the writers of the season. But also, I was already signed on to direct. And I told, like, the creator Candace Payne, hey, like, Angel is a really good director as well. So she was like, let's bring him on as direct. So he ended up directing episode two. Um, And now she loved what we did for season uh, four. Uh, So I've been with her since season three. We just finished season four in March. She loved uh, writing. She loved our directing and everything. that she's going to have us write and direct season five and write and direct season six. So I kind of got like a job with her for the next two years. And that's super cool. Like Sherry said, where she's pitching the series to, and that's going to be fun. Um, I I miss directing too. I yeah, I really miss directing.
0: It was it's really fun. So if you (laughs) had to choose between writing, acting, or directing for the rest of your life, which would you have to choose beyond? Hardcore acting.
1: Acting for sure. I like being another person that's not See, Leroy McCray like
0: uh, and that's that's the part that gets I me want long. to do a part of it's just the fun part about completely just I'm no longer Carlos but, I am Scotty or whatever whoever it is it's just the fun part that I I discovered which is actually kind of a hard part that I that I took on um because whenever you kind of help me through you know the scene that you sent me at the beginning that was more like me the, the coach that I went to he had, he had these the term actor thoughts you know it's like you know that you're playing your character but you're still yourself playing your character and to me mm-hmm. at some point it got easier to like this last scene that we did which um, fun fact I haven't actually told you about this but the scene that we filmed at the at the end of class um, we might actually be having a showcase um, in June-ish, so that'd be pretty cool. And in May, pretty um, beginning of June, um, I'll have to send you the video because I already do have a copy of it. But um yeah, so that that's pretty exciting. And to me, at that point, that was a character that I liked because it kind of gave me a little bit of free reign. And at some point, it just kind of washed over the fact that you know, cause personally to me, I don't know if like that was how you felt, and you've been doing it for a couple of years so, you and you're kind of used to it, but giggles, mm-hmm. to kind of feel like what what am I doing here why 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 do I belong here everyone else has like some things behind them and to me personally it was like this is fun like once I got into it once I black like I blacked out did my thing got out and it was like that was fun I want to do it again yeah can we try this again can we do this can I try, and try that like it's just so much exactly like, so different
1: I love that you feel like that because you see like, that's exactly how I feel. When I'm acting, it's like, oh, like being another person is super fun. That's why I love being an actor. And I just love bringing characters to life. So at any chance it's like, oh, Leroy, can you do it this way? Hell yeah, I'll do it this way. Let me show you what I can do. And you know, one thing I've never done actually, was, why am I here? I mean, I know why I'm here, for sure. Like, obviously, that's a question that pops up. But uh, when I go into it, and, you know, obviously, there's going to be people around you that don't think you belong here or that want to outshine you and think they're better than you. Me, I'm not the type of person that's going to act like I'm the best fucking actor in the world. I'm not Downey. I'm not Johnny Depp, you know. I'm not, I'm just me. I'm still, I'm still trying to get to Their level, so I do know there's still parts of my acting that use work, but I do consider myself a good actor, and I say that to say this when there are people around that are like that, what I like to do is this thing where it's like STFU. I I, obviously, you know, STFU is shut up. I pull Obviously. an STFU. I pull an STFU without saying STFU. So when I get up there, I do my scene and I act the hell out of it. And I actually take the direction and I listen to the feedback. Okay, Leroy, can you try it this way? Maybe do this differently. Okay, cool. I do it differently. Great. Now, oh, so you thought I did belong long hair first, but I just did this. And you thought, okay, yeah, shut up. Uh huh. <laughs> That's how I like to play the SDF. I don't know how
0: you do it, but uh that's how I do it. No, uh, and that's the bro, that's the fun part because at one point in one of my first classes, um we had that we had the girl that, you know, like you said, trying trying her hardest, trying to be this, trying to give everyone like a lesson, a lecture of like how you can do this better, how you can do that better, but not in the sense of trying to be helpful, but in the sense of I know what I'm doing, I, I know what I'm doing. I'm supposedly teaching this class, not that guy. So it got to the point where even the teacher and all the other students were just kind of like, dude, please shut the fuck up, oh my God. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, I feel like that comes across a lot, but to me as it's just a straight beginner from last year to this year, which I guess now it's been about a year since like, I've been actually trying you know, this out and wanting to do it. Um, it. It was just funny to see it, because it's like, okay, I know how not to be early on, but two, I still feel like, I don't know if you feel this. I mean, you have, like I said, you have years of experience. You went to film school, writing, all of that. Whenever you walk under like a set, whenever you go to do something, how do you not feel overwhelmed by it all? Because like for me, just walking to the scene, actually seeing it, the camera, the fucking lights, the setup, uh, this is how you're going to do this and that. It's like, for me, how do you basically just go away from it? Like, How do you just zone out and just, this is what I'm here to do? Other than just like the simple will of, you know, okay. this is what I'm here to do. One,
1: one thing I learned in film school, my teacher, James Warfield, told me, the camera will be your best friend. So... He said, the only way you can not be afraid of that camera is every day we walk into the room, go up to the camera, acknowledge the camera, say hey to the camera. Like, I see you, I know you're here with me. Like, he, put, he had us do that. And that actually helped with our nerves. Like, okay, we know the camera's here. I'm not as afraid as I was, like, versus going in there and just not even acknowledging the camera. Okay, now you get in the front of the camera. Oh shit, oh shit. But instead you go up in there. Oh, there goes the camera. Hey buddy, how you doing? I'm excited for you to shoot me, you know? <laughs> but yeah, he tells us like acknowledge the camera. And so when I go on a set, like my thing, I love being on set, but when I walk on it, obviously it's just like when I walked out on stage, my nerves will kick in. But before I, but when I say that first line on stage, that's when my nerves just go away and everything is like smooth sailing because I'm acting with the people that I trust. He's my cast member. And it's like the same way with film. Like you're with your cast members. You have to trust each other in the scene. And you play save your partner. Like if you, your nerves kicking really bad on camera. Okay, let's make Carlos not be so nervous. How can we do this? you know, let's save our partner, you know? Um, but yeah, that's I, that's always been a good trick to do. Acknowledge the camera. Acknowledge the presence of everything because now you know it's there. It's not gonna make you as nervous as you was versus you going in there and then not acknowledge anything. Oh I see the lights, I see the camera. I see the director, I see everyone. Okay, now when it's time for you to get up there and do your thing, hell, you're not afraid. You're listening now, you're taking in notes. All right, you're immersed into the world, do it.
0: Um, <laughs> as far as film school goes, then, at one, I know you said, you know, you can do the two-year school, traditional, whatever it is, and then the eight months, but how, I guess, how beneficial do you think it is? I, if someone wants, do you think someone can just make it by being just a straight, I just want to write or I just want to act, or I just want to that. But is film school still a good way for them to do for all of that? Just at least try the school out if they I make it the act. Any, I
1: mean, I think any form of study, is good you don't necessarily have to go to film school to be an actor there are many actors who didn't go to film school yeah they're a child actors they go to film school for sure you know but any form of studies to like be a writer to be an actor like i feel like as a new someone new to the industry it's always good to have that um, Classes you can uh, go into and just learn about it. And you know, it, it'll actually help you become a better writer and a better actor because it helped me a lot. Um, I didn't necessarily have to go to film school. However, the connections, I knew I wanted to make connections. And those connections
0: from there actually helped out a lot
1: going forward. See, and
0: that's, that's what so, I was thinking. Was it more I, so yeah. for? Sorry to cut you off, but was it more? Is it more so for like, yes, you can learn it industry standards and the people from the industry teaching it, especially in your case, which was like the shorter school and all of that. And you're like kind of getting a foot in the door versus like, oh, I'm going to go to this film school for two years or three years or whatever it is. And then after that, then I'm just kind of like, I don't like, I know there's tradition school, film schools like. University of Texas at Austin has one. There's a couple, there's hundreds of programs. But in your idea, is it better to do what you did kind of just to get a foot in the middle, or at least if someone wants to try it, you know, you can kind of wet your toes a little bit, I guess.
1: So I would say it goes back down to whatever you're feeling, because for me, I did four years of college doing theater and I knew I I was ready. I knew I was ready to do film. Hell, I trained all these years for film. I knew this is what I wanted and I knew I needed it now. So that's why I went to film school um, at the eight month program instead of going two years. And That's what set me on this path. And it's just like, I guess it's just, what do you feel you should do? Eight months versus two years. Do you feel you can survive two years um, learning more? Like there's nothing wrong with that. But for me personally, I knew I was ready. It all just goes back down to do you, how much more do you think you can learn? How much more do you want to learn are you ready to do it now? And for me, I was willing to learn more, well, just enough. And from what I've learned, like coming fresh off of college, going straight into that, I've still got all my training and lessons here that I'm now taking with me up here. So there's a lot of it was a lot of uh, training under my belt already. So now I'm just using this training even more. And I'm learning more from this other side of the spectrum, Los Angeles versus Louisiana. I'm learning from both places, but now it's expanding on. It's like getting higher and it's elevating. And I'm like, yeah, this is actually the right move. It was right for me to come out here and learn for eight months and then go out into film versus let me go somewhere for two years and let me learn it for two years. And who knows? Hell, after the eight months, I probably wasn't never going to be ready until like this year. But I was ready then. And theater helped push me to it. And film just celebrated. So I was definitely ready. But it just goes back down to are you ready?
0: And I guess a big question right now, especially because, you know, everyone's kind of moving out of LA. know it's expensive there's not a lot going on i guess um how do you feel about the relocation aspect of this i mean i know a lot of like auditions are zoom held right now i know a lot of things are going on that you know are trying to limit the spread of covid and all of that which to this point everyone should get vaccinated i swear to god if you don't jesus fucking christ um but at this point like do you think it's beneficial to do what you did? I mean, you obviously got to LA at a different time. You know, everything was open, things were moving, gears were spinning, all of that. Um, now, movie studios are moving to Georgia, or I know the Netflix is building a base here in Albuquerque or all of this because, you know, one, it's cheaper for them. Two, you know, experience more, get more feel of different things. Um, I know certain areas are bigger in respects to like theater, which is like your New York, your Chicago's, your other areas, Austin and Dallas are huge places for like voiceovers. Um, do you think it's beneficial for a person to go from bumfuck nowhere, kind of like I am sort of um, to LA or Chicago, like move directly to those places? Or do you think that it's okay for them to stick with where they're at for now while they build up, you know, things. So
1: LA is no joke. There are people here who have not survived. And this is a cutthroat city. It will chew you, spit you out, you know, it's cutthroat, but I like what you're doing. You are in Albuquerque ish, and you're learning, like from, as you say, bumfuck nowhere. You are still immersing yourself in learning about acting and film and all that. You're taking class. So, that right there already gives you a leg up. So, let's say you do this for like, a whole year and a half of you training, maybe two years of you out there at home training, and you decide, I want to see what LA is like. You test it out, and hell, it might work for you, or it might not, you know? But I do think that it is um, beneficial for you to at least have that training before you jump into the... basically. It's good to take the lessons before you get in. It's kind of like swimming. I'm not going to get in the water you don't if I'm drown swim.
0: Mm-hmm. As as, I mean, not hmm But as far as I mean as far as I mean if someone wants to go like theater um, you know LA you know has their things has all of that but one thing's more theater wise like Chicago or New York there's Broadway or You know, Chicago has plenty of famous theaters, and all—it's just a huge place for that. I know the improv scene in Chicago is huge as well. Granted, not right now because of COVID, but eventually things are going to get back to how they were, kind of. But do you think it would be beneficial for like someone who, for like example, not me, but just wants to get into, you know, straight theater or only TV or only like certain things to move to certain areas?
1: Yes, it's just it's where you're from. Like for me, in Louisiana, the film industry out there isn't the um isn't the best. Um, so I knew I wasn't gonna get work out there. I knew I wasn't gonna get noticed out there. Like versus Los Angeles, where I come out here and actually get into projects like work to get into projects you know and then having a training under my belt i i can find auditions left and right there are casting agencies out here there are just everything going on out here so if you want to be let's say an actor on film and television like go to where you can be that but also have that training but definitely go to where Uh, you can get to that point. Like Los Angeles has it. Uh, New York has it. Chicago has it. Texas has it. Dallas, Fort Worth, they have it out there. Uh, New Orleans has it. Um, Florida has it. Just got to find what is beneficial to you and also like what works for you. For me, LA works and I had to be here.
0: Okay. See that that I mean that thing that is like, that makes sense to me. Um but basis of it is just have the training and background, correct? Mm-hmm. Okay, yes. man. Um I mean I've been doing it I've been doing this for almost about an hour now, which is probably longer than most of my episodes have ever been. But um I do want to end on a I- well, thank you. Um, first, I'll give you a little bit to like you know plug anything if you like, just uh show mm-hmm. how how can people see you know Brother Sense Part One and all that, and where can they kind of reach you at? Brother Sense Part
1: One can be seen on all social media, so it is on YouTube, it is on my Instagram, and it is on my Facebook. Carlos has. All my, Carlos has my Facebook. I think you do. Yeah. You should have my Facebook. Yeah. So Carlos has my Facebook. He also has my Instagram. I'm sure you can like, tag it somewhere during this video and people will be able to find it. Um, there are two versions of Brothers since Part One. There's one in all color and there's one in black and white. And I gotta say, when you watch the color version versus the black and white version, it does feel like a different tone. So it feels like
0: a different story
1: altogether. Yeah. So I hope y'all enjoy that. It's also on YouTube, you can type in Burley Sands part one. And for the black and white version, you can type in Brothers Dark Edition. But I would say if you really just want to go through that with all the hassles and searches, you can go on my Facebook or you can go on my Instagram and you'll be search for it. The good thing about it, I got to say, since it's released, Brother Part 1, combined with all the platforms it released on, like, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, we have gotten over 1,000 streams. So I'm super happy for everyone that supported the film. Uh, And I hope y'all that get ready to see the film soon. I hope y'all enjoy it. And
0: let me know what you think. Awesome. And, um, you know, before I went, before we started recording and all of that, I did ask you about the song, if you want to ask you that. I'll go first. That way you can, we can end on you. Um, but my song is Good Night Chicago by Rainbow Kitten Surprise. I know the band name is a little weird, a little off-putting, but it's from one of my favorite albums. Um, just solid. I, we just had a rainy day here in Albuquerque, and I, like, every time it rains, it just reminds me that, you know, we that's just one of my favorite albums to to jam to whenever I'm, whenever it's raining, just such a, such a vibe, mm-hmm. but um, go ahead, your final song, and then we can uh, end this.
1: For me, my song is I'm Ready by Jaden, you know, Jaden Smith, he did that song uh, for the Spider-Man Miles Morales, and I listen to the song so much, it's just a really cool song, it's like, pop in a way and i just think it's really dope like this is jaden smith everyone he made this song called i'm ready and it's just it's kind of like a motivational little song it's really dope and i want to show you something before we cut off i'm gonna show y'all the tease. if you can see it this is brotherly says part two yeah i'm teasing (laughs) here first And I would like to show you um, part three. Here you go. This is Broly Sense part three. Completed and written. Yes, that's all you get. Oh,
0: uh, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, dude. So get ready. I'm, I'm super excited for it. I'm super excited for it. Yeah. All right. Well, and I appreciate I'm, everyone.
1: Uh, Come I want to tell you my quick other series too that I'm bringing out very soon. Before Brothers Sins Part Two, I'm bringing a reboot of One Wild Night. It's called To the Fullest, and it's already cast and everything, and it's very comedic. And I feel like you're gonna love it. It's gonna be rated R, no filter, balls to the wall. So get ready for
0: that. Hell yeah! And also, season five and six coming up hopefully sometime soon as well. Just in case anyone has kids who's listening, you know, give me a shout. But uh, anything else?
1: Ah, that's it. (laughs) I feel good. Thank you.
0: See, man, I appreciate you being on here for sure.
1: It was really fun.
0: All right. Thanks for watching another episode or listening, if you guys are just listening, to another episode of Pod Damn Wednesday. Appreciate it.